I Surrender All was a hymn created out of a struggle between an aspiration to ministry and a dream of success. Judson Van Deventer was born into a household of Christian farmers in Michigan in 1855. After attending a liberal arts college, he began teaching art himself. He eventually became the administrator of the art department at his school in Pennsylvania. During his tenure as a teacher, he also maintained a firm presence in his local Methodist Episcopal Church as a lay leader, even leading some of the church's meetings. As his friends watched his passion and talent for ministry grow, they encouraged him to consider full-time evangelism. At first, unwilling to give up his love for teaching or desire to excel in art, he toiled with the idea of a career change for five years. It was at a meeting in the home of George Sebring of Ohio that Van Deventer finally came to fully embrace his desire and passion for ministry. After wrestling with whether to pursue evangelism or cultivate his art, he concluded he must surrender all to the Lord. He wrote the words to this hymn soon after, following encouragement of his friend and associate, Winfield Whedon. Van Deventer and Whedon worked together for several years doing evangelistic work. Whedon became Van Deventer's associate and lead singer during the meetings, while Van Deventer served as the primary evangelist and speaker. Whedon composed the music for I Surrender All. Billy Graham featured this hymn heavily in many of his crusades and meetings. Graham spent personal time with Van Deventer near the end of the evangelist's life, and cites the older man as a significant influence to his own ministry. Of course, Graham went on to impact millions during his crusades and evangelism tours, preaching in a style heavily influenced by Judson Van Deventer and featuring this powerful and personal hymn in his services. Touches me personally as an artist, not that I, I've not ever had that personal choice I thought I had to make, you know, between art or, or sharing the word because one can use art and music to share the word. Right. And, um, yeah, but it said, it said in the written description that I read on the discipleship.org, I think it's called, that, um, he didn't even know that he had the, the propensity or the, the talent or ability to write and sing like that. And he was, he was like, really, for him, almost like uncovering, this is my paraphrase, but it seemed like he was saying this almost like uncovering some kind of treasure. And the Lord showed him that he had that ability. I think it's really super. Um, yeah, I was originally going to read um, the whole entry uh, about history from discipleship.org, but... That was all, everything that I could share was just already shared just now, so I'm not going to repeat it. Um, I did, um, I do have some questions that, um, to ask you guys, that um, reading, reading the song over and over again sort of brought out to me, that I'll be asking you in just a moment. But I'm going to read a paraphrase that I just wrote uh, of the of the of the song, sometimes just paraphrasing something can be helpful because wording can help 
you know, kind of kick up the silt and, 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 and stimulate the imagination. So when I, by reading the paraphrase, maybe we'll, um, maybe it'll help kick up something in your brain and, and give you some, some ideas that are worth sharing, you know. Knowing you people, you'll probably come up with something that's very worthwhile sharing. I give my waking and sleeping in my inner and outer world to God's one true Son, Jesus the Christ. My white flag is unfurled. My affections and reliance will always be toward him. In close proximity to him, I will live my life. Everything I have, I give over to the Christ. I will lay my will at his feet. Misplaced affections for the world's counterfeits, I've turned my back on. Please take me to yourself, Lord Jesus. I willingly give you everything I have. I willingly give you everything I have. All to you. I give everything. To Jesus only I give everything. Jesus, make me completely yours. Let me feel the presence of your spirit confirming that I'm yours. All to Jesus I devote myself willingly. Fill me with your love and your unstoppable strength. May your blessings begin to cover me. All to you, Jesus, I devote now. I can feel the holy flame of your spirit. I ponder the joy of my salvation, and I will give honor to his name. <clears throat> so, um, can you think of or name a turning point in your life where you folks decided specifically that you must give everything you have to Jesus? Some kind of the crossroad, maybe, that you came upon, we realize it's all or nothing, and I can't sort of, you know, uh, vacillate or dilly-dally anymore. I must give everything to Christ. You can share with us a, a, a setting or a circumstance if you want, or you can be more vague if you want to, but what are some crossroads you guys have experienced in, in your journey where you really realized that it's all or nothing? Can we think of something like that? In different times during our lives, um, it's a different scripture. You know, if we take this and, and turn it back and look, in this, look and see what scripture has to say, uh, there's probably for each one of us, depending on what scripture we come across, uh, whether you're surrendering anxiety, mm. whether you're surrendering a situation that you're up against, you know, like James 4, 7, submit yourselves therefore to God, you know, resist the devil and he will flee from yeah. you. You know, if you're in a situation, you know, situations that, you know, it has to do with, you know, some maybe sin issues, whatever, you know, just laying it down. Uh, first, uh, or in, in First Peter, or the First Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. You know, again, that could be from financial issues to physical physical issues. You know, laying it all laying it all down. I I fail to do it every day. I fail to. Should should surrender and be willing a lot more because it would certainly cause a lot less stress in some things by not surrendering certain things right. on the other bases I create. We can bypass a lot of uh, yeah. gobbledygook. Especially being on the road. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes 
So surrender, we could say, is not a one-time thing like any yeah. done. Yeah. Right. We tend to keep taking it back, so surrender mm -hmm. is an ongoing yeah. action that we have to keep with us all the time. Eugene Peterson wrote a book, uh, A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. I don't know if you guys have heard of that. That's a cool 40 years ago, but it's kind of, kind of what you're saying. Say it again. A long, a long obedience in the same direction. Wow. Which is making, I feel like it's that surrender daily thing. A bunch of surrender day by day in the same Wait. direction towards God. Yeah. So. Maybe when we wake up, we just wake up. I'm awake, I might as well surrender again, you yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. I heard the song for the just as an aside, I heard the song for the first time. Like I remember hearing it for the first time at a Bible study that I, I uh, would go to sometimes at Chester County Prison, my my Bible college at a prison ministry. Which is really interesting because my friend Eddie, who I brought here a few times, the older guy. He was actually, he and like one of the prisoners ones who started that prison ministry from Valley Forge Christian College like 20 years earlier. And it's just so neat becoming friends with him all these years later, not knowing that he had a hand in that, you know. But I remember thinking at the time, like, I can still picture the, like, the guy next to me singing along the hymn book. And, and um, I don't know who these people are now, whether they're living productive lives and serving Jesus or not, but I, I, I felt at the time that these guys were pretty sincere. There was something very sort of sincere about, about the way they, they, they were singing that I don't remember noticing in like a regular church service before. It was just an interesting perspective. Yeah, yeah that's good. This one note here under, under uh, I surrender. Surrendering to God requires absolute faith as well as the realization and acceptance that God knows the best path for us even when it seems illogical. Right. <laughs> you know, it takes us back to that step of faith. It's so empowering if we, if we follow it. The big crossroad for me and again, like Ann brought up, yeah. not that it was the last time I had said to surrender, but the first big crossroads I remember was when my mother passed away from cancer. Um, the type of cancer they still haven't gotten any headway on. No one's gotten any better at treating pancreatic cancer, really. Um, when she passed away, though, that was like, I mean, she was my best friend. She was, you know, my everything. I mean, I still had peers, you know, that were my own age, but she was my best friend for sure. And, and uh, kind of like my North Star, you know what I mean? Like, even though sometimes I looked like I didn't appreciate her and I, I, I resented her rules sometimes or her getting after me about my grades or whatever, you know what I mean? I still loved her more than anything, you know? And it left me just, like, bankrupt when she died. Like... What, what is there to do now? Like, what's this life without her means is crazy. I remember the, the, when I got the call from the hospital, I was working at Camp Brainerd, the Presbyterian uh, Center, that she had passed away that e you know, previous evening, and I had, to, I had to go get gas on my way to the hospital, and like, it just seemed so absurd 
that like the most marvelous woman in the entire world just passed away and I have to just get gas like a regular person and people are just carrying on like everything's normal and you just want to like shake people like what's wrong with you don't you know what just happened do you know what I mean like it's it's so weird and I was listening to the Paul Simon album Graceland a lot of the time and there's this one song in the line of the song Graceland losing love is like a window through your heart everybody sees your blown apart. They can feel the wind blow like through you, you know what I mean? Anyway, but like when there was something, something clicked when she passed away though. The Holy Spirit didn't just leave me with those feelings high and dry. He came in and like didn't force me to realize, but it caused me to realize that all those things that she's been telling me my whole life about God and the, the different Christian meetings and opportunities she, she would bring me to and church camp and everything, it all was all of a sudden like all these lights started like coming on on the map of like my past and things started kind of coming together and like making sense. When I would look back on like the Holy Spirit just like he you know, struck some, turned these little lights on and I started to realize like, whoa, this is serious stuff, you know, and I want to see her again, and I mean, I, I believe I was already saved, but I, you know, I want to see her again, I want her to be proud of me, and just, uh, he, uh, he used that in a huge way to, to get me back in his will, I guess you'd say. Um, again, though, I did lots of dumb things after that, but it got me onto a path, and that was, that was, that was my big first crossroad, I'd say. Thanks for allowing me those like little uh, side trips there about the Paul Simon song and stuff. I thought it fleshed it out well, though, what I was feeling. So, um, let's see here. I'm looking for my next question. Just a moment. Okay. What does it mean for you to love and trust him? Here are the biggest, one of the biggest themes here in this song and to live in his presence daily. Describe that, what that means to you. Not to put you on the spot, but, uh, but tell us, tell us what that means to you. What does it mean for you to love and trust him and to daily live in his presence? For starters, I know that to love myself and like mis misplaced myself, like as in being proud or whatever, and trusting myself, that has historically led to failure. I've already proven pretty, pretty heartily that I can't trust myself for a variety of reasons, unless that trust is like, unless that is like me saying, trust Jesus, please, not yourself, you know. Barring that though, yeah, it's not, it doesn't lead anywhere good, does it? I'm not going to sing in my own presence, daily live ill. That's just disgusting. <laughs> well, yeah, but so much of the world wants us to think that way. Yeah, it does. Romans 12, 2 addresses that. Do not be conformed to this world. Yeah. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern <laughs> what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. 
you know, and just grasping some of that on a on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Especially you know, when you're sitting there listening to all the news and yeah, right, Ex exactly. Apply what we know yeah. to what yeah. we're yeah. hearing. And yeah. live that way despite what we hear. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Kind of hard. yeah. Just that it says about, you know, that, that verse um, about surrendering suggests that we can transform and surrender <coughs> to God as we renew our mind. Mm -hmm. and, and that that's just not listening to as much news, but you know, listening to good worship and just filling right. yourself up with scripture and you know the the, the yeah, all that all that's good. And for me, like I need to remember that, like, you know, sci-fi, whatever the kind of weird movie action movies I like to watch, or whatever, are fine. But there comes to a point where, if you see that there's certain themes being being um, lifted up that are like against the gospel over and over again, we can be discerning and say that that's not good or whatever, but. We don't need to like keep putting that into our ears. You know, we can say no. I'm not going to watch that movie. Or you know, you turn something on, and all of a sudden they're saying X, Y, and Z. That's about like man becoming gods, or or the the, the uh, master of our own ship, or, or you know, just stuff like that. Um, say no. I don't really need to watch any more of this. You know. I'm sure the bad guys will. The good guys will shoot the bad guy spaceship, and it'll blow up, and everybody will be happy and. We'll just assume that's what's going to happen, and I'll turn it off. You know, you know, you'll need to to keep going. You know, so I think when uh, when you come to Christ and you, you enter into that relationship, um, part of everyday living is being steadfast. Mm -hmm. and, you know, can you walk on water? Well, Peter did if he for says a little so. bit, but he took his eyes off Christ and he started yeah, to right. So yeah. we're steadfast and we get our eyes on Christ. And, and that entails praying and reading the Word. And, you know, you have to keep replenishing that all the time. Yeah. That's so good that walking the water thing is like applicable to everything. Mm. I want to be ready to walk on the water if God, if God says so, you know. So, cut off all the, cut off the source to all the, the junk that's competing, competing for our, our attention, right? It's easier said than done sometimes, but we keep moving forward. Obedience in the same direction? Love, love obedience in the same direction. Yeah, no, that's such a good, I love that one. I love that relationship aspect you're talking about, Don, too. Like, like even that, that question you answer, Dave, I will, however, or however love and trust him. Like, it's not like me saying, I promise to always love you, I promise to always, like, it's not this, I can't keep those promises. <laughs> right. But it's, a, it's that daily relationship. You can choose I, to walk yeah, out. I want to spend time with you today so I can yeah. love you and trust you more. Mm. And, and he walks through with us. So yeah. it's not out of my will, yeah. but out of just abiding and spending time with him. And that takes all the pressure off. That's so good because yeah, it was out of our will, we come up bankrupt every time. Yeah. Ugh. And 
the more the more we get into scripture, the more we're uh, um, learning his voice, getting mm -hmm. to know him better, getting to understand his voice better. to spend time with the shepherd to recognize the voice. Mm -hmm. was, was this week, I was just reading about the shepherd and the actual sheep and things like that and, and the, the, the time that it takes them to recognize his voice and it's just the time spent together. It's kind of a recap on David and all his shepherding. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's really special. And how so. do we trust someone we don't know? Right. It's intimate. Right. Yeah. That's, that's also another... Um, thing that's like a conundrum because trusting and knowing is not knowledge because the scripture says that may you have the love of Christ which surpasses all knowledge. Mm, yeah. So yeah. It, it's you can know him but the knowing you know him the less you know him yes, based on what you've heard. When you hear the words as in this song make me thine how would you imagine? How would you, how would you imagine you're asking that of Jesus, and what would that look like for you? Like when we think of ourselves, make me, like make make me yours, make me thine, God. What what is that? What is that? Uh, how does that stimulate your imagination? What are? How do you picture making that request? And like what what would the, what would that? If you could picture yourself, like I really feel like I'm completely His. What would that, what would that look like? Do you have any idea? Any suggestions how that would look to you? That we see the way Christ sees people. Mm -hmm. Our judgment's gone. Our, our view of things is gone. Mm -hmm. Only Jesus is here. Like, he sees us with our possibilities. Yeah. As human beings, we don't always mm -hmm. see that way. We see the problem first, or the buts and ifs. Mm -hmm. so we don't wholeheartedly jump into right. seeing the way that Jesus is, and, and just let the just whatever happens be His, even though we acted the way we think He mm -hmm. acted. That make sense? Mm -hmm. Well, it's a transformation that you don't desire the things that you used to desire. Mm -hmm. You change your life's changed, and you don't. Look at things the same way, your perspective and everything. It, it all changes when, when Christ comes in, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't want to, as humans, uh, and we're living our lives and go through, there's things that, you know, we thought, well, this is really great. This is something, you know, I'm having fun doing this. And then, you know, you, you change what you thought was fun. Is it fun? And they're like, hey, how did I even get from this place to that place? And once you're in that place, that transformation, you don't want anything to do with the things that you used to do. It's just transforming. You know? Your life's changed. Yeah. On the one the drive here today, it was like a... Oh, it's going to bring up Romans chapter 6. Verse 1 to 4. Uh, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? 
Do you know, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized in Jesus, into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Uh, we were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we might walk in his newness of life. Like, that means every day we have to keep, <laughs> and we have to keep surrendering. Mm -hmm. yeah. I see it as choosing him first. Hmm? Uh, choosing him first hmm. in everything. Um, the image I have is when a child runs up to their parents yes. and they just stick their arms up, mm. like asking to be picked up, and then the parent and that's what the Father wants to do with us. Mm. And what our heavenly Father wants to do with us all the time. But He's not going to force that on us. We have to choose Him. Right, right. A couple of my pre-K girls in my work, like I, I, they always run up to their daddies like that when they come and jump up in their arms and just like, I want to like, just lay on the ground weeping every time. It's just like so stinking beautiful. It's, it's epic! You know, especially when you you know you make that that metaphoric jump, you know, and you, we want to look at you know we want to look at ourselves like asking you know crying out to God in the same way. It's just so it was just so poignant to see those little girls do that. I love it. On the way on the way here, I was I was driving up here and I and I just saw some dude in like the alley and uh, there was nothing particularly particular stance to that about, about the person, but I just felt like the Holy Spirit showed, showed me a tiny piece of like his love toward that guy. Like it'll just happen sometimes, you know, and I just was like smiling, looking at that dude and like, that guy is awesome. Like, holy cow, that dude is so great. I know I don't know nothing about him, but I just the Holy Spirit was just like, just give me a little piece, you know, I'm like, wow, man. And I wanna, I wanna, you can't, I don't want to be overboard like that with every single person I see because that would be weird. But like outwardly, at least, like, hey man, like you don't want to like just start tweaking strangers' cheeks and stuff, you know. But it was really amazing to think of that. I want to, I want to think about everybody I come across that way, you know, that that they're so important to God, you know. And, and when they, when the author asks to feel the Holy Spirit as a way to know that He is God's. Um, it just, it just struck me uh, unusual. Not that's a bad thing, but like, you know, uh, we are taught that feelings necessarily aren't that important because feelings can be deceptive, etc. But how, how important are feelings to you? And can you think of a time when you have felt, like felt, felt the Holy Spirit's presence in a really poignant way that, uh, that was, you know, earth-shattering, challenging, Comforting, whatevering. Like uh, I know when I first came to uh, went to Bible college during orientation, I had experienced in in uh, the dorm room of one of my brand new friends, Drew Rittenauer, who I don't even know where he is, but uh, the Holy Spirit came over me in this amazing sort of way, like New Testamenty kind of way. New Testamenty, sorry. Mm -hmm. It sounds like a Christian mint brand. I'm sure it is, <laughs> but um. That was just remarkable, you know. I I went in there to talk to him about my mother who just just passed away, and 
this girl that I had to break up with because she wasn't a Christian, and I was mad because my best friend went out with her right after that, <laughs> even though he was a Christian and knew he shouldn't have done that. And mm -hmm. It was very frustrating. And so I went in there like as an open wound almost to talk to this new friend, and I was looking for answers or whatever, but instead he started praying, and the Holy Spirit just like washed over me in this, this uh, miraculous way. And um, I had like a speaking in tongues experience, and it just... I just felt like this freedom like I'd never felt before. And again, I still had to lay things down after that continually and did do things perfectly for the rest of my life after that moment. But it was a really another like inaugural moment for me and, and God, I'd say. You know, I don't know if you guys have ever had whether you whether you spoke in tongues or not, you know, I mean we can have a feeling of close connection with God that is very life-changing, whether it manifests in such a way or not. Were any of you, when have you felt closest to Him? It's not when we expect it. That's why. Yeah, never really. The various ministries that like to do healings and like, hey, we got healing on demand over here. Right. We got, we got um, prophecies on demand over here. Mm -hmm. No, the Lord comes in his own time. You don't have to get an app? Hmm? You don't need to get an app? No. No, no. no. Besides, God's app would be the most amazing app ever. It would be like one kilobyte, and run the, it would run at the speed of like the most upgraded computer and mm. have the greatest graphics, and, mm. and it never crash. Right. I think when God comes to you, it's more of a conviction, unless of a feeling like I'm feeling happy, yeah. I'm feeling sad, or I feel sorry for myself. It's more of a like a knowing. Like mm. He just hits you with the thought, yeah. and so it's not a feeling. It's more of a experience. I don't. If, if anybody knows what I'm talking about, I do. You know, it's I just touches you and says, yeah. "Okay, you know, you know this," or but you're not feeling it like you would feel happy or sad or. It's more of a knowing, right? It is, and it's it's, it's just like a whoosh, like a, like a, you know? like revelation. A whoosh. Yeah. It's like a great wish. When uh, I was alone, and uh, I was going through a lot of different things, and I was by myself, and I was sitting in the living room, and all the things that I knew and believed, I was sitting there, and and, and I had and teeter-totter and teeter-totter. It's like being on a seesaw. And I didn't hear an audible voice, but it's like she says, from the inside. Mm. Sitting there alone, I just felt like he was telling me, listen, listen, you know who I am, and you know what I want. <laughs> and at that moment, that's when I surrendered and said, uh. okay, Lord, I get it. Uh. And that changed my whole life. But it was coming from inside. It was, you know, just like she said, you know it when it happens. It's, it's not something that you can conjure up. It's not something that you can will. Or, you know, I was totally alone. And, and he told me, you know, you know who I am and what I want. Yeah, the two times where I could say if I've heard an audible voice was more like what you're describing. Like it was all over me. It was like an imprint. 
like I could hear it, but it was like inside me. And it was like this deep confirmation of boom, you know, like it just, yeah. And so that was really special. And that's lasted your whole life since then, hasn't it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's really cool. You only have to tell me once. The author talks about feeling a sacred flame. Could he mean his own fervor for Christ, or do you think it would be something else? In Matthew chapter 3, 11 and 12, John the Baptist prophesied about Jesus baptizing with fire, and in the book of Acts we see the Holy Spirit appearing as tongues of fire, alighting on Jesus' followers. And this is a sign that they're being inhabited by God's Holy Spirit and being equipped for ministry. So, I don't know, that's sort of conjecture, like we can, maybe it's a little bit of both. Maybe he's describing, in a sense, the, uh, the tongues of as a, as a fire from the book of Acts. And also maybe just his own fervor or, you know, excitement for Jesus. What what does that uh, what does that sacred flame idea contract to you to contract for you guys? I mean we don't other than asking him in heaven we really can't know for sure exactly what he meant there. But uh, if that um, causes you to want to talk about it, go for it. If not, that's fine too. I think it's interesting, though. Well, yeah, what at Pentecost, you know, when the Holy Spirit came down, it was, you know, visual, I guess, visual tongues of mm -hmm. fire. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there, in, well, there in Matthew, you know, and then, and then uh, you're asking me personally, I guess, but personally, we'll just say what Scripture has to say, because oftentimes that's yeah. better than necessarily right. personal, but... As far as um, flame and fire, you know, in the end, God's gonna is gonna burn it all up, and mm -hmm. the chap's gonna be gone, and the and the, the good stuff, the gold, the silver, the platinum, mm -hmm. you know, it's gonna be there, and that's gonna be the stuff, you know. So that flame is. Uh, I mean, I think maybe he's talking about all of the above. You know, he wants to experience that fervor for Jesus. He also wants. Whatever the Holy Spirit has for me, but that includes the tongues of fire and, and so on. When the author talks about the joy of his salvation, I think about the joy of my own uh, that my own salvation causes to rise in me. I know that it makes you want to tell everybody as I putter putter around my world, i.e., glorify him in all that I do. That's why it really makes me sick to my stomach when I don't have that first when I don't have that first in my mind. But I will still glorify his name and not receive condemnation. I will continue to step forward in faith. This is me talking. How has God communicated the joy of your salvation to you? And how does it spill over to others as you go about your way? And how, does, how does your the joy of your salvation affect how you interrelate with the people around you? <laughs> Just a tiny little question. This time, yeah, it could be a half hour. That's super, that's that's super easy, right. super easy single sentence answer. I want to share how it gives us the hope that was that love continues, that we see our loved ones, that there is life after this. Yeah, 
Um, yes, we can tell others about it, but I think that knowing about it is what keeps us going and mm -hmm. being that witness. Seeing that we believe that. Yeah, it makes sense. On a, on a practical daily moment, you know, since we do have to be practical and live in, in a sense on a daily attic, just having a mindset of being thankful. Yeah. Uh, you know, even even in the hardships of the little teeny little, whether it be physical, financial, whether it be, you know, whatever. What, I mean, we're all going to have the issues, but we can just elevate that thankfulness. Mm -hmm. And I think when you're in that state, that, that overflows into other individuals that you yeah. are intermingle with co-workers with the grocery store yeah. and the line yeah. at the DMV, you know, wherever yeah. you might be, I think that just, you know, if you're in that. He named all fun, all fun places. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> a, wait, a waitress, you know, your waitress yeah. that's taking care of you at a restaurant. I think it's our biggest defense and offense is being mm -hmm. in a state of thankfulness. It, you know? it is, yeah. Oh, yeah, because it's amazing how you can just see the demeanor of individuals sometimes. And it's like if you just portray happiness, thankfulness, you know, and if it's real, mm -hmm. you can see that yeah. change so many times. In treating people I, you know, uh, yeah. as the important beings they are, you know, I, 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 yeah. and loving on them, some, at least in a small way, just by how you respect them. I mean, it's, a, it's a, mm -hmm. it just, just ran into that. It just happens yeah. because we're. Being wired that way, being wired that way. Yeah, customer. She was just, she was, she was just totally besides herself with the situation with her mother. And the most important thing to her was at that moment was getting her leaves cleaned up. And and there, were, yeah. And not not to get into a big long conversation, mm -hmm. but basically it boiled down to it was like you know Susan, it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. There could be a lot worse things. Your mower's running. You're able to get things cleaned up and stuff, and just sort of move the conversation to being thankful for the good things, and yeah. et cetera, et cetera. By the time the conversation was over, she had basically forgotten that she was irritated at her mower, and <laughs> you know, it was like, yeah. yeah, we ended up having a pretty interesting conversation. That's great. Yeah. I'm picturing a movie called The, the Mower Whisperer with wings <laughs> <laughs> That would be very interesting. And you know, all the stuff we talked about today is super, and, uh, and it's always great to know that we all have similar, similar struggles and similar observations and similar experiences, and that we're all in it together in a sense. But all of these things are made easier and better, and they are better to wrap our heads around, easier to wrap our heads around and to approach and, and, and if we surrender all first. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, there's times that um, we don't even consciously surrender, unconsciously surrender. I, I'll use uh, me and sis as an example. Um, there'll be times one of us is having a bad time frame and the other one of us is actually more, it balances it up. Like, I'm angry and I'm not feeling good and I'm yada yada yada, and yet she's happy. And then she's having a tough time, and then I am countering it. And 
like if that wasn't if that wasn't the work of the Holy Spirit, mm. uh, I think our house would have exploded a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for uh, people like this guy whose name I don't remember, who uh, left such a legacy with this song, and I'm sure others, and, and with this ministry that touched so many people. I think it's neat how. Person like Billy Graham, who we, we know is not you know with us anymore, but we think of him as more of a modern sort of person. Even got to cross paths with and spend time with this this hymn writer who, until you know recently, I thought of as like an ancient person almost. You know, this must have happened way longer ago even than it did. And it's just cool to know that uh, the way different saints' paths cross in ways we don't even know about until we read stuff. I don't know. It's just interesting to know that. Thank you for um, the lively discussion we had today, and thank you for uh, goodness to us. May we ever be keeping you in our perspective, uh, a Jesus perspective, always, always first, and, and may we always be asking how can we best you know, represent your son and, and, and Keep him first and foremost as we go about our daily things and and trot around the world that we're in. And uh, may we let that may we may we uh, soak in that and marinate in that those those thoughts all week. And thank you in advance for the great stuff that we're gonna uh, bring back to each other in our next Sunday huddle. And and uh, we love you, Jesus name. Thank mm-hmm. you.